0: Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together for Wednesday, April 15th. I hope that you are doing well on this uh, what used to be tax day. And um, is now it's now been pushed to July. Um, but let's get started this morning um, by uh, what I'd like to do today is read some in between from where we finished from the Easter sermon in Jesus' resurrection. And I want to do a little uh, gap here from where, where we will be on Sunday, on this upcoming Sunday morning. Um, and just something that I noticed that I don't think I'll be able to include in the sermon, but it was very encouraging for me as I read the scripture. We'll start in John chapter 20 in verse 24. It says, But Thomas, the one called Twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe." Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends! Jesus called to them. You don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did. And then were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around him, for he had taken it off, and plunged into the sea, since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net of full fish. When they got out on land, they saw saw a charcoal fire there, with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter climbed up and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a 153 of them, even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And that is the word of the Lord from John 20 and 21. Now, I just want to point out Something very um, simple here about this passage. It certainly is not the complete meaning of the passage. Um, We will work more into that on Sunday, but something sweet that I noticed in this. The church is a people who are both unified and diverse. Um, Unity and diversity is a part of one of the characteristics of God himself. A Trinitarian God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit are all uh, God, but they are all distinct persons of God, yet they make up this unified God is one. Likewise, the church is unified. We are all together a part of the body of Christ. We are one body. We work together as one church. We are unified under one Savior, one faith, one baptism, one Lord. Yet we are also a diverse people. Not just diverse in culture or ethnicity, but even diverse in the different sorts of turns of the diamond by which we are able to see and perceive our Savior. The different ways that God has revealed himself to us. Um, In the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis um, is the author. In the Chronicles of Narnia, one of the things that comes up often is that you can never get into Narnia the same way twice. And so in the books, it's always different. One way, it's a wardrobe. And then another, there is a picture that they go through. Um, So there are these various ways of entering into this um, magical land. In a sense, so it is with Jesus, though there is a kind of unifying story that we all have in how we encounter Jesus. It is by grace through faith alone. Jesus reveals himself to each one of us in a diverse set of ways. And thereby, by being in community together, by hearing one another's stories, by, by observing one another, we all get a kind of different turn of the diamond. We get a different look at how Jesus saves, at how Jesus breaks in and rescues. And we get a lot of that in John chapter 20 and 21, just after the resurrection. Uh, we didn't read this, but from the sermon on Sunday, we saw, Um, we saw Mary who is clinging to Jesus and Jesus says, no, no, Mary, don't cling to me. You have to, you have to let me ascend to the father where I will send the Holy Spirit and I will be with you in a new way. Then following that is Thomas. Thomas is the opposite. Thomas is, uh, he is not with the other disciples. He is off doing his individual, independent thing. And when they come and report to him, he says, no, no, no. Until I see it for myself, I won't believe. And so Jesus, where he says to Mary, stop touching me. He comes to Thomas and he says, here, touch me. Here is my side. Here, he knows exactly what Thomas needs and he reveals himself to Thomas in a different way and all of the disciples are there to observe that. Likewise, you have this list of the disciples at the start of 21. Each one that Jesus revealed himself to in a different circumstance. You have Simon Peter, of course, who is in the sort of in-between of his denial of Jesus and and um, the restoration that will happen at the end of chapter 21. Um, and so you have Peter hanging out in this weird space. Uh, you have Thomas, of course, who we just read about, who Jesus had to come and say, Look, Thomas, here are my wounds. And then you have Nathaniel. You remember Nathaniel from the very first of the book of John. Nathanael is the guy sitting under the fig tree, and Jesus Jesus shows up and and sort of overhears Philip saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And so, you know, Nathanael mocks him and then Jesus says, I basically, I see your innermost thought. I saw what you were doing under that fig tree. And all of these stories come out, how Jesus encountered Mary and how Jesus encountered Thomas and how Jesus encountered Peter and how Jesus encountered Nathanael and how Jesus encountered James and John, uh, John all through this refers to himself as the disciple that Jesus Jesus loved in so sort of this intimate way. And I just want us to note something here that they continue to hang out together. I mean, look at, he says, um, when Peter says, I'm going fishing, I don't know that this is an invitation to the rest of the disciples, but certainly the rest of them say, then we're going with you. We don't want to do this alone. You're not going to be independent. You. And then when Jesus, um, reappears to them here, look at all of the throwbacks to sort of, uh, the inside stories or the inside jokes that they would have. You know, there's, there's the way that Peter called, uh, James and uh, I'm sorry, Jesus called James and John and Peter and like this, this whole deal of throwing the net out when you aren't catching any fish that happened before. And John reminds Peter, this is Jesus. You remember? And so it's this communal experience of, Hey, you remember? Remember how Jesus showed himself to you? He's doing it again. But Peter has to be awakened to that reality by his friend John. And then, of course, there's loaves and fishes. You can imagine how Philip felt in this. Philip was the guy who, uh, when Jesus uh, multiplied the fish and loaves, Philip was doing all the math and telling Jesus, you can't possibly feed 5,000 people with two pieces of bread and fish. And so there's a kind of a wink, wink and a nod, nod that Jesus is doing to disciples. Hey, you remember when Philip doubted me and I fed everyone? Here's my point. And here's something that the Lord showed me this morning that is just a, a wonderful, wonderful truth. We can know Jesus personally, absolutely. We can know Jesus intimately as individuals, one-on-one. But listen to me. We cannot know Jesus like he wants to be known without also knowing his church. Likewise, we are not the church unless each of us individually has an encounter with the risen Christ. And when I bring my story about how Christ encountered me and woke me up from my sin and called me into my life, when I bring it into the community of saints, it creates something that is very special. It creates the church. Church, where we are in this time, isolated from each other, um a temptation to be individualized. Um, I don't know if you are noticing this, but I certainly am. That there is a kind of sweetness that we have when we gather online in these Zoom meetings. There is a kind of sweetness to... Um, being kept from one another, from the kind of craving we have about um, getting into each other's lives. One thing I've loved about about um, doing church this way is we get a peek into everyone's homes. And so we see some of the unity of diversity that uh, we lose when we cram inside a church building. Uh, there's some things that we gain there. But being able to see everyone in their own homes as we are gathered together, it is some of those personalities, some of those encounters, some of those daily living spaces of people that are coming together under one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Savior. And so I hope that you take heart today that we need Jesus and we need one another. Without Jesus and without one another, we are not the church. And so press into that truth today. Let's have a time of prayer now where we both thank God for his church, these other people's stories that help reveal Jesus to us, help us see Jesus in a new and more accurate light. And of course, let's ask him to go deeper together with him. Let's be silent before we pray. Heavenly Father, we cannot know you without also knowing your church. You have not made us for one-size-fits-all experience. Everyone does not come into the kingdom the same way, even though everyone comes into the kingdom the same way. We all have to get into Narnia, but it is all in different ways. Some people are encountered at just the bottom of an ugly, broken life, Some people um, get an encounter with you as a young, trusting child with wonderful parents. Some people get an encounter with you after having built their life on success, and that success turns out to just be bland and unfulfilling, and it has them search for you. All of us come to you in different ways, a diversity of ways, but we have one unified Savior, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And so we thank you, God, for your church We ask that not only during this COVID-19 pandemic, but that your church afterwards, that City Church afterwards, would be one that presses into each other and each other's stories so that we could hear one another recount how we are walking with you, how you are revealing yourself to us, and how we are encountering you so that we get a turn of the diamond to see your glory in a better, more beautiful way. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of community, for the gift of your church. And as each of us go fishing, may we say to one another, we're going with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. City Church, we have a wonderful day. Go and multiply the gospel.